0: This morning, I actually think it's just phenomenal how God works things out. So um, I didn't tell the worship team what I was preaching on, and I just feel like the worship has so aligned with my message today, and my message is actually on the power of praise. And um, I just feel like every single song really drew us, drew our attention, narrowed our focus to the power of praise. Um, But before I get into anything, please, can we just pray together? Father, thank you so much for your word, that it is alive, it's living, and it's stronger than any sword. God, it just pierces through things and and shares the truth. I pray this morning that your word will be the truth in everyone's hearts, minds, and spirit, that it will dwell and take place in areas where we need it the most. Please would you speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I just briefly want to share. I'm not going to go into the whole story, but I just briefly want to share on two incidents in the Old Testament um, that shows the power of praise. Um, first of all, King David, um, the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen by the Philistines years before, and um, you know they wanted to bring it back. Into Jerusalem. But the first time they tried to bring it back, they just did it all wrong. They didn't seek God. They didn't read the Torah to see what God's rules were about carrying the Ark of the Covenant. And so they dropped it. Somebody touched it. He died. David was frustrated, and it ended up just staying at someone's house. Then David, King David hears how this family is being blessed by having the Ark of the Covenant in their home. So he decides, okay, it really is time for us to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. So this time around, he seeks God first, and he says, okay, what are the rules that God says how we need to transport the Ark of the Covenant? He seeks God, and then um, he gets a group of people together, and they go and collect the Ark of the Covenant, and uh, transport it in the way that they meant to do. But what David does is he doesn't wait to get to Jerusalem before praising God. The Bible actually tells us that the, 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 the team or the, the army, whatever, who were um, carrying this Ark of the Covenant walked six steps, and David told them to stop and built an altar and praised God right there and then. And I just thought, wow, like he didn't wait to see that God would do what, what he wanted. He didn't wait. He praised God before they even arrived. He praised God for getting them even just six steps. Then there's another story in the Old Testament about King Jehoshaphat, who uh, was actually a really good king. Um, But he had this weakness, he had this flaw in his personality, where he um, used to ally himself with really bad people. Um, One of them being King King Ahab, who was married to Jezebel. And um, he would you know, make these poor choices, but, but he actually was a good king who tried to do things God's way. Then the one day, some of his um, intelligence agents um, realized that there was a couple of armies from different regions that had gathered together who were out to attack. Um, they were in the southern region um, of, of, of Israel, and they were coming to attack them. And of course, he panicked. He was like, they've all gathered together, all these armies. We're just a few. What are we going to do? And so, he does, instead of aligning himself with King Ahab and all the bad people, he actually went to God, and he called a national prayer meeting. And they prayed, and they heard from God um, to actually let the choir, or the singers, go in in the front lines of the army to go towards these enemies who were coming towards them. And all they did was sing praises to God. All they did was sing his praises, and the enemy fled. Now, the reason I'm I'm, I'm drawing our attention to these two stories, and there are many, many more, is because they had one thing in common, that despite their circumstances, despite good or bad, despite having um, it, it making sense, what they did was they praised God, So, six steps into a long journey home, they chose to praise God. Praising God before a battle, calling a prayer meeting. In other words, giving God the glory and the praise that he deserves. And so, praise seems to be something that we are especially wary of. Praise seems to be something that we're almost shy and awkward about. Um... Byron Chicken, our national leader, he says that praise seems to be on the endangered species list. Okay. so And I find that really interesting because it's true. In my opinion, we don't give praise to God nearly enough. And it's becoming a problem. Let me unpack why we should praise and why it's important, because I'm telling you that we need to praise. We don't praise enough. So let's actually get into the why and the how. First of all, what is the definition of praise? The definition of praise is to, it's, to praise is to call attention to the greatness and goodness of God. Obviously, in a biblical point of view, that is the definition of praise, all right? So to, uh, praise is our way to declare our love and appreciation for who God is, all He has done, all He is busy doing, and all He is going to do. That is what praise is. Now, um, we, we can see in Exodus um, 34 from verse 5, Moses has gone up to, uh, to the mountain to get the Ten Commandments from God. And from verse um, 5, we see what happens as God actually speaks to Moses and Moses' reaction. From verse 5, it says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him, and he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Then we see in verse 8, a little little way down, it says, this is Moses' response. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground and worshipped. He didn't ask God if it was really him. He didn't ask about the circumstances. He didn't ask what now. He just praised and worshipped in that moment. That is the first thing that he did. Now, I don't know about you, but I can remember back to many seasons and events in my life where I've been at a really low place, where I just feel like things are not working out, things are really bad, they seem really negative, things aren't going the way that I think how they should go. Anyone relate to that? You've just been in that season where you just think, well, I can't praise God in this time because things are really bad. Um, You all know know, well, when I say you all, most of you know that I've had three miscarriages. And at those times, I did not want to praise God. You know, when my family was struggling through, through things, I found it difficult to praise God. But the thing is, what actually needed to happen then is I needed an attitude adjustment. And I needed to actually focus more on the goodness of God than what God could do for me. I actually needed to focus on who God is and what he has done in my life. Because what happens when we focus on what is just around us, that actually feeds into our reaction to everything around us. And very often that's not accurate. Very often we actually see things in a negative light that are not negative. But because we're walking around with a negative attitude of, of uh, minus praise, if you want to call it that, um, we it, it rubs off on everything. So, my question, and hopefully I'm going to answer it for you today, is why and how should we praise God? So, first of all, why? Why praise? So there are benefits to praising God, okay, but that shouldn't be our only motivation. That shouldn't be the only reason we praise God, because we're going to benefit something, all right? Um, But what happens is that, unfortunately, our annoying, sinful nature um, gets the better of us us, and steers us towards focusing on ourselves. Becoming insular, becoming self, uh, it's about me, it's about what, what I can get. But actually, praising God comes from a completely different motivation. Praising God helps us to focus on Him. Now, I know that sounds strange. You're like, but shouldn't I be focusing on Him and then praising Him? No. Praising Him actually helps you to focus on Him. Um, We praise Him not only for every aspect of who He is and what He does, but also for when He disciplines us out of love. Difficult. But we praise Him then too. We also praise him for his plans that always turn out better for us, even if we don't agree in the moment. Okay. So, I heard the story about um, the Duke of Wellington. He was a British military leader who defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. And um, he actually proved to be an extremely difficult um, and, and almost like tyrant type of leader. Um to serve, so so you can just imagine that wasn't a, ple- a pleasant environment. He was brilliant and demanding, and he rarely gave compliments to his soldiers. But as he got older on, and and, and mellowing in his old age, he gave the following reply when asked if he would do anything differently. Given another chance at life, he said, "I'd give more praise." Now that might be related to soldiers, but don't you think that we can? take that statement and implement it into our own lives in our relationship with God to give God more praise. So why is praise important? Okay, we've looked at why we should praise, but why is it important? I've got a few points that'll come up. The first one is that Scripture teaches, invites, encourages, and commands praise. If we look at Psalm 150, verse 6, it says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Anyone in this room right now not breathing? The Bible says, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, what's interesting about Psalm 150 is that it only has six verses. um, And in those six verses, we are commanded to praise God 13 times. Praising God is not an option, it's an obligation. We are commanded, we are invited, we are encouraged to praise God. It's both a delight and a duty. The greatest truth about God, okay, please take this in, the greatest truth about God is that He is worthy of our praise. And the deepest truth about ourselves is that we have been created to praise. There's approximately 250 times in the scripture that commands and invites us to praise. 250 times. So why is praise so important, number two? Praise is the pathway to his presence. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So in other words, it's not telling us, enter, and if you feel like it, if it's a great atmosphere, if it's the songs you like, if it's the environment you like, then praise Him. It says, enter His gates with praise. Praise clears the way, all the distractions in our lives, all the things that, that you feel like you've got to fumble over, walk over, push aside, praise clears those. So that we can encounter his presence. Because we all have those distractions. Every single one of us. Nobody is immune to distractions. So just like heart this morning, we all have distractions. We're all going to be distracted, worried, feel let down, have good days, bad days. But praise clears the way to his presence. So what am I saying? Praise Him before you enter His gates and His courts. It's also one of the reasons why we're doing nights. Obviously, it's not the only reason, but it just leads us to an opportunity to come and put everything aside. And just for that one hour to allow ourselves, despite our circumstances, to praise, to worship, to declare His goodness and His majesty. But we should actually be praising Him daily. It should be a practice that we put into place on a daily basis. And so my question was, so why is praise so important? My third point is that praise brings forth productivity. I decided to be fancy. Praise brings forth productivity. Psalm 67, verse 5 to 6 says, May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests and God, our God, will richly bless us. Productivity and fruit follows praise. Just imagine you're about to go into a day that you're nervous about. You're stressed. You, you know what's coming. Maybe it's a business deal that's been stressing you out. Maybe it is a relationship that isn't, you know, that comfortable. It's just something. There's just something that you're going into your day and you know, oh, this is going to be like a tough day. Imagine the difference going into that day, having praised God the moment you get up to the moment you leave in your car or the taxi or the bus or the Uber or walking to continually praise God is to actually change the atmosphere of that day. It's to change how things go. Maybe because you've entered that day with praise, productivity and fruit will flow because you've put God first, because you've actually praised Him and put Him in His rightful place. Um, Jack Taylor, in his book, The Hallelujah Factor, says this, when we praise, productivity is maximized, fulfillment is realized, and frustration is neutralized. I love that. Let me say that again. When we praise, productivity is maximized, fulfillment is realized, and frustration is is neutralized. So, why is praise so important? Point number four, praise is a weapon. We sang about it this morning. Praise is a weapon. You may, you may not think of praise as a weapon, but it's powerful against the enemy. The devil hates praise. His goal is to break you down and to keep you there, blaming all your problems on God. It's to keep you in that place where you say, it's God's fault. God allowed this. Then the devil is happy because he's keeping you in a place where you're no longer praising him and that's exactly what he wants, to keep you negative. Let's have a look at Paul and Silas when they were in jail in Acts 16 from verse 25 to 26. It says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Where were they? in jail and the other prisoners were listening suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off so imagine you and your buddy are in prison and in the middle of the night you decide to have a praise party but take that to your circumstances now in the middle of the night You are faced with a dilemma, but you decide to have a praise party. It's possible. We we, we shouldn't take what Paul and Silas did and think that it only works if we we do it in there, like we we have to be in prison. No, any of our circumstances can be a prison. Our circumstances can hold us prisoner, can hold us imprisoned. So... It shows us when we look at at Paul and Silas what God can do in our lives when we praise him, right? When you need to be set free from an attitude, from an addiction, from a habit, from something that you keep doing over and over, you need to praise God until those chains have broken and fall away. I don't know about you, but if I am in a place of temptation and I start praising God, now, let's be honest, if you're in a place of temptation, you're not gonna feel like praising God. But let's say you decide, I'm gonna start praising God. How likely are you to give in to the temptation? I I think that it's very, very low chance. I think it will change you from the inside out. Something will switch over, and it will be far less of a temptation because your focus and your praise is on God. We see that Paul and Silas, that everything was chained, right? They were chained. It says that they were um, chained, I think, their feet and their hands were chained. But do you know what wasn't chained? Their mouths. Their mouths were not chained. And so what the enemy really wants to do is to chain your mouth. That's his ultimate victory, is to chain your mouth. I want to do a little um, thing with you quickly. I want you to count, from every single one of you, to count from 1 to 20, not out loud, in your mind. Go. Now I want you to shout out the name of Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. Right. Zipo, what number did you get to? 17. Tammy, what number did you get to? Eight. Michael, what number did you get to? 13. We've got some fast-paced, some slower-paced. Okay. Um, Justin, what number did you get to? Seven. Okay. So we all got to different numbers. Okay. What the numbers um, basically signify or stand for is the different places that you are in your life. Okay. But watch this. When you shouted out the name of Jesus, did you stop thinking about counting? Okay? So what is that telling us? That's telling us that our mouth has far more authority than our mind. Our mouth has far more authority than our mind. And so when we choose to use our mouth to praise God, when we choose to use our mouth to call on the name of Jesus to to do that, what we're actually doing is we are stopping the enemy in his place. When we say the name of Jesus, all demons have to bow and give full attention to his name. When you say Jesus' name out loud, when you proclaim his glory, proclaim his goodness, any negative thoughts that you're having have to stop because our mouths have more authority than our minds. So I want you to think about that. I want you to remember that when you're having a negative thought, when you, when you are thinking that you're no good, that, you, that, that God has let you down, I want you to praise him out loud because you put your thoughts onto the attention of Jesus immediately and everything else must flee. So what does praise do to the devil? Praise silences him and makes him flee. It squashes his accusations and his lies. Praise is powerful and can bring victory to our lives if we actually step up and actually start praising. Then my fifth point and the most important point I really do believe today Is that God is worthy of praise. He's worthy of praise. Psalm 145, verse 3 says, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. We praise him because he simply deserves it. He's worthy of our praise because he is perfect in all of his ways. He is truth, he is holy, he is righteous. He is sovereign. He is all knowledge. He is all powerful. We praise him for the beauty of his creation. Anyone enjoy getting out into nature? That's God's creation. We can praise him for his creation, for his grace. Jesus Christ is his grace, for his mercy, for his blessings and forgiveness. There is no one like him. So before I carry on, this is what I'd like you to do. We're going to read four verses together. I'd like you to stand where you are, please. And I'd like you to out loud to read these verses one by one as they come up on the screen. The first one being Revelation 4, verse 11. Okay. One, two, three. You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you please. The next one is Psalm 96, verse 4. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. 2 Samuel 22, verse 4. I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. And then Psalm 147 verse 1, praise the Lord, how good to sing praises to our God, how delightful and how fitting. You may take your seats. There's something a little bit more powerful in me just saying it and you and we all saying it together. We're speaking out his truth. We're speaking out his glory. We're speaking out his power. We are praising him for who he is and the fact that he is worthy. But the reality is that there are reasons why we don't praise. There are. Reasons that we don't praise is because in our convenience-driven and me-centered culture, it's difficult because it's a sacrifice. If we're only ever singing about ourselves, what... What we need God to do for us, for example, like we only sing, we're only singing about our needs and God, can you please, you know, like if we're singing or if we're praying, you know, and we just, yeah, God, if you can just do for me, for me, for me, um, if we're only ever doing that, if we're only ever reflecting on ourselves, on our own journey, we become completely inwardly focused completely inwardly focused. And it also then creates communities that look inward and people that don't see the need to help others because they are looking inward. And God has called us to not only praise Him, but to care for those around us, to care for our communities. So we've developed a practice of worshiping God's creation and not the Creator Himself. So we are his creation, and it's become me. You know, what can I do for myself? What can I get for myself? In the meantime, God's actually created us, and we need to praise him for creating us and ask him, what does he want from us? What can I do for you, God, not what he can do for me? That will come. God wants you to ask him for stuff. God wants you to to pray and to, to surrender the things that you desire to him. But our first stop, our first point, should always be to praise him first. Praise shifts the atmosphere and culture of our churches, of our families, of our workplaces, of our schools. It actually changes the atmosphere. Do you know that, pray, that praise brings a boldness and a courage and a resilience? I feel very differently about coming up here before we start praise and worship to after. Because I feel bold. I feel that God's word has been spoken. It's laid the foundation. And that's what I need to stand on. Praise brings an energy to our lives. It really does. But as I mentioned earlier on, it takes a sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise. So the the writer of Hebrews, in Hebrews 13, verse 15, says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. We need to take ourselves, our eyes off ourselves, and we need to specifically, deliberately, intentionally, sacrificially praise the greatness and goodness of God. But we have the Holy Spirit to help us. We do not have to do this in our own strength. If you look at the beginning of that verse, it says, Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a a continual sacrifice. Let us offer through Jesus because Jesus will help us. He will empower us. Remember, he said that it's better that he goes so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit So through Jesus, we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit empowers us to praise. We don't have to do it alone, and I'm very grateful for that. But what do we do in difficult circumstances? What do you do when you really are going through a tough time? When you don't feel God's presence, when you don't feel like praising God, that's when you need to praise Him the most. It's easier to act your way into a feeling than to feel your way into an action. Did you know that? Anyone who's ever tried to do anything that takes discipline, it's much easier to, to um, act your way to the feeling because eventually, let's say you're doing an exercise program because you want to run a marathon or do the cycle race, you know that you're only going to get there When you do it continuously, even when you don't feel like it. So you do the action. It's the same with praising God. Even when you don't feel like it, you do it. Because eventually, that leads to you feeling a certain way towards God in a certain way about praise. It actually takes maturity. Um, it, It takes maturity to get to that point. And if we're not at that place of maturity yet, then you just keep on doing what you know to do. You just keep on coming to church, life group, do the practices that you know to do, because that is part of being obedient that will then open the pathway to God's presence if we continually praise Him. And we all have times of discouragement But genuine praise is not based on our feelings. And so I know it's difficult. I'm not saying this lightly. I'm just wanting to encourage you that if you find yourself in that place right now, won't you try and go into your week each day, even if you don't feel like it, just praising him? In Psalm 42, verse 11, we are encouraged when it says, Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. So even the psalmists, they knew that there were times when it was really tough, but we have to push through. And then earlier on in the, in the message, I, asked, I said to you, we're going to discuss why and how. So how to praise God. As Jesus followers, we build many important spiritual habits into our, our um, relationship with God. We have Bible reading, we have prayer, um, we have fasting that we've been doing, we have different practices that we um, put into place, and all of them play an essential role um, in our spiritual journeys, but we mustn't forget the practice of praise. Praise is actually a natural outpouring of our hearts. Think about it for a moment. Morgan and Eileen, Eileen, sorry, are dressed for the Rugby World Cup. (laughs) You praising them with your actions, right? You are showing that I support the Springboks, Okay. Taylor Swift has been having the biggest concert of, like, her life. People are praising her all over the news and social media. We are born to be praisers. We we all praise something. All you have to do is ask yourself, what do I praise? What do I praise? We all have this need to have praise outpoured from our hearts, right? That didn't sound great, but you know what I mean, okay? And the thing is, is that because we are born with this, we need to use that praise to praise God. And we do that with um, words, with songs, with actions. As you express your praise more often, the easier and the more regular it becomes. And just a note, praise is not the fast song at the beginning of a worship set. In case you've been wondering everyone's sitting there going, okay, so I've got to sing more fast songs and jump. No, praise is not. That's a praise song because it builds, it gets you excited and and so on, and and it's called praise. But praise is using your mouth because your mouth has more authority than your mind. So you can praise God Um, So here are a few ways that you can build a culture of praise in your life. First of all, read Scripture. You know that. We tell you that every week. But this time, I want you to find Scripture that praises God. Print it out. Stick it up in your homes. And every time you walk past it, say it out loud. Praise Him with your mouth. Another way that we can praise is silence. Everyone's like, huh? Silence? That doesn't make sense because it's what's going on in here between you and God. In Psalm 65, verse 1 to 2, in the message paraphrase, I just love the way they put it. It said, silence is praise to you. Zion dwelling God, and also obedience. You hear the prayer in it all. The third thing that we can do to build a culture of praise in our lives is through music. Yeah, but Susan, I I don't want to listen to worship music during the week. It's going to change the atmosphere of your family. When we put worship music on in our lounge, you might think we're super spiritual. We're not. It changes the atmosphere in our home. When you play it in the car, I love the radio. I I, I really enjoy the radio. But that's not the only thing I can expose myself to all the time. I have to be able to hear God's worthiness and and how great he is and to honor him with my mouth through song. I cannot sing to save my life. I am tone deaf of notes. But if I'm by myself, I'm going to raise these vocal cords and I'm going to sing and I'm going to give him all the glory that he deserves. And the fourth thing that we can do to change, to bring this culture into our lives is to speak life into all circumstances. Anyone ever been around a negative conversation where something in you just goes oh. and but you you sort of feel bad to say anything so you just go with the flow yeah you're right that person or yeah you're right this country or yeah you know Eskom <laughs> We need to praise God. We need to speak life into those situations. And we actually need to say, it's okay. God has got us. Do we not believe that this is the most amazing country in the whole world? Anyone traveled to many countries? South Africa rocks. I'm telling you, I've been to many countries. We live in a beautiful country. Do we have problems? Yes. Do other countries have problems? Yes okay? We need to change the conversations that we're in from negative to to speaking life, speaking because maybe that whole week you've been praising God, praising God, praising God, and suddenly you have words that you can share. You have scripture you can share. You have encouragement that you can share. You're not denying the bad things, but you're focusing on God's goodness in it. I think that's possible, And you know what? Anytime that you want to, you can make yourself praise God. You don't think you can. You associate praise with a feeling. Nowhere in the Bible does it say we have to wait for a feeling before praising God. The Bible only talks about God's sovereignty and His His goodness and His sacrifice and His glory and His strength. Nothing about feelings. That's why it's not dependent on feelings. So in any mood, we can pivot to praise. I want you to remember that statement today. You can pivot to praise. What does that mean? Your mood is here and you pivot to praise. That still exists, but you're focusing on praise. You're changing your circumstances. You're pivoting to praise. Praise. This is what happens if you don't pivot to praise in in your life situations. Two things will happen. When things are good, you'll run into pride if you don't pivot to praise. And then when times are bad, you'll be in a prison of your circumstances if you don't pivot to praise. Pride or prison if you don't pivot to praise. Pride or prison if you don't. So the bottom line is, that we can praise what we enjoy, right? We know that. We, we praise the rugby, we praise all kinds of matches, stars, we praise our children on the sports fields. There's nothing wrong with that type of praise as long as it's not above God, it's not above praising God and putting Him first. Justin, you can come up and the worship team as well, please. And so, as we wrap up, just for five minutes, I know. Praise is not just about um, singing songs, but what we're gonna do just for a few minutes is I want you to just actually think about your circumstances right now. Just think about your circumstances. We have our own circumstances that are not where we would want them to be. But we also have circumstances that are fantastic, where life is good. I don't wanna run to pride and I don't want to stay in the prison of my circumstances. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put it all before God, and I'm going to pivot my praise so that I'm not giving into pride and I'm not keeping myself in a prison. So won't you please stand? Now I'm going to pray, and then we're just going to worship for a few minutes. And can I encourage you in your worship to speak out God's goodness, to speak out His glory, the words of the song into your circumstances. So you don't have to sing along. I just want you to be in this attitude where you're given the opportunity. God, my circumstance right now is that we don't seem to be able to have a baby. I'm gonna pivot my praise and I'm gonna glorify you anyway. And I'm going to give you the praise that you deserve. God, my circumstance right now is that I don't have a job and I'm desperate for employment. I'm going to pivot my praise to you.